absolutely beside myself because there's people moving next door and they've got all their stuff in the front garden uh, and of course I'm sitting in the window overlooking it all trying to look as if I'm not overlooking it all and I'm in a bit of a quandary to be quite honest because <laughs> I can't wait any longer to do this because I've got to work this evening so uh, I'm back welcome <laughs> to episode 162 of Mr Burt Bonds <laughs> Well, they had all the stuff, uh, well, not all the stuff, but a lot of stuff in the small front garden. Now, we've had uh, beloved neighbours moved. They were downstairs. They've moved up north somewhere, and I think that's still not sold. Uh, upstairs, they were very nice neighbours we had there. They were renting, and their lovely landlord whacked their rent up so they couldn't afford it anymore, so they had to move out. So I presume it's the rent new renters moving in appears to be a young couple in their 20s um, with an older woman who probably is one of their mothers and uh, what's worrying me most is there seems to be a rather large drum kit uh, being transported around um, so it's all very difficult <laughs> I can't look out the window now I'm sort of like my, my I twitch to the right and I can't move my ne neck any further because um, anyway so I'm back <laughs> I mean, can I get any more exciting than being on holiday and getting back to people moving in next door and having all that stuff in the front garden? <laughs> so, um, I'm, 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 I'm transitioning very badly from holiday uh, into life again. I made a big effort this morning to get up at normal time uh, and do a very, very slow yoga session, which was very simple and hurt a lot. Um, and then... I went for a run, which was all right, actually. I, d I didn't run very fast, and there was an annoying amount of people out because it's bank holiday, so there were loads of dog walkers and families and just people generally milling around. And they don't get they don't get out of my way. I, I mean, I'm, I think people presume, because you're running, that you're just going to barge them out of the way. Uh, I nearly ended up in the boating pond at one point because there were four people walking across the path, and I had to dodge around them because not one of them made an effort to get out of my way, and I wasn't running fast. And then I nearly twisted my ankle, um... For practically falling into a ditch to get out of someone else's way because they just couldn't be bothered to move and I'm quite out of breath so it's just difficult for me to say and I don't see why I should have to say excuse me continually there's plenty of room for everybody on the path I just don't know what the problem is so I came back from that in quite a bad mood uh, so it, most of the stuff has now gone in but there's a rather a strange black box thing that looks as if Sort of got mesh windows around it. I don't know that it's part of the drum kit that's sitting there. Oh, and there's a great big dog. Oh my god, it's a dog kennel. Oh, they've got a huge dog. Absolutely gorgeous dog, but it's huge. I have no idea. It's some sort of a hound, short haired, uh, very beautiful. Uh, so that's exciting. That's really exciting. Actually, we can have a lovely dog next door. Uh, we can make friends with them via the dog, that'd be easy. So, um, yes, I'm back. We had a very, very lovely holiday. Um, the only downside was that it got so hot in the past, I think the last four or five days, it went up to nearly 40 degrees. And I just went, I just languished, basically, like a dramatic Victorian lady, but I couldn't move. Uh, there were red warnings about going out and moving around or working in the heat outside. People were told not to. 
uh, and I just couldn't do anything, it was dreadful, and I couldn't sleep very well. I mean, I did sleep, but I think I just didn't sleep particularly deeply. So um, I just came back absolutely shattered, and I've spent Monday, Saturday and Sunday just lying on the bed, basically dozing all day, which is pathetic, really, after being on holiday, but um, I'm not going to be able to concentrate <laughs> I'm not going to be able to concentrate on this because of what's going on outside. Anyway, so um, I've written a full diary, and if I was to go through the diary of the holiday, this would probably be about three hours worth of Mr. Burt Pods. So I might do a couple of weeks on it, because uh, already I'm on four minutes, and I haven't even started with day one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so we went <laughs> on an aeroplane. We went via the... Uh, via Tottenham Hale to Stansted, the Stansted Express, which is a train that goes from Tottenham Hale to Stansted. And there was a bawling child, I mean, screaming child uh, on Stansted Express who only calmed down when the father walked backwards and forwards with it. It was actually uh, Italian, uh, which was a bit worrying at that point. Um, and then on the plane, <laughs> on the plane, who should get on the plane, but same family with bawling child. Where should bawling child and family sit? directly in the seats behind where we were sitting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was absolutely beside myself because there's nothing worse. And honestly, flipping uh, Ryanair, I've, their seats are so uncomfortable. They're really hard and you end up... And actually, it's more comfortable sitting on a bus or a tube. Um, sorry, when my voice goes quiet, it's because my head's swinging around seeing what's going on next door. It's gone quiet. Um... Uh, yeah, so I just thought I'm trapped in a really uncomfortable flight with a screaming child. child was quite quiet, actually, uh, as it happened, but I was told afterwards that it was because the father was walking up and down the aisle with it constantly the whole flight, which I didn't realise. Um, he may have had special knees, I don't know, but he just screamed. Um, so that was uh, that was a good start. <laughs> that was a good start. So we got there. And then I think everything went all right. The, uh, the rustling is me turning pages of my diary. Um, oh, yes. And of course, needless to say, I, I never get through uh, security at airports without something happening. Uh, last time I went through, I think we went to Bamberg. I forgot my phone. No, I left my phone in my pocket. So that set off everything. This time, my hand luggage went down uh, an inaccessible conveyor belt into a security area. I thought, um, and then they got everything out of my bag behind a see-through pane, plastic pane of glass thing, um, and eventually, and, and put this sort of magic wand over everything. And then, anyway, it turned out it was my, uh, I had a water bottle in there, a metal water bottle, and they said, what's in it? And I said, well, it's water. Uh, and they said, well, you, you can't take that through. And because it's my water bottle, um, I had to drink, basically had to drink half a pint, half a litre of water. Is it, yeah, 500, I think it's about 500 millilitres uh, there and then, which, of course, then made me hysterical because I thought I'm just going to want to go to the toilet every two minutes. Surprisingly, and the, they were very sweet about it, actually. I think they were quite amused. Um, surprisingly, I'm... I think I was just very dehydrated with the plane flight, so uh, I didn't actually go to the toilet as much as I thought I would. But there we go, so that was always a good start. So then we got the car, we got um, a Peugeot something something, which ironically, 
Uh, on my favourite um, podcast at the moment, Table Manners, they do adverts for the sponsors, and one of the sponsor adverts has been for the Peugeot something something something, uh, and it was the exact same car that we <laughs> that we got. So I, all I could hear was Jesse and Lenny Wares, the two people that do the podcast, their voices doing the because they sort of they're obviously people everywhere, and um, they're obviously scripted and but sort of improvised. Uh, all I could hear was them talking about their experience of driving the Renault, whatever it was. And it's got an eye cockpit, which is like this space age display thing in front of me. Um, but it was a nice little car after the uh, initial panic of having to go back to gears because electric cars don't uh, need gears. Um, uh, I was a bit panicky about that. But um, I spent a lot of time driving on European roads, so driving on the wrong side of the road is not a problem. Well, the right wrong side of the road, if you know what I mean. So um, that was that, and then um, I think we got there. We got lost trying to find the place, which was uh, inevitable, uh, as they had to give us instructions. Um, but the uh, we eventually found it. It's called an agriturismo, which is basically I don't know if they do it in the many other countries, but it's basically in Italy. It's a farm that you go and stay on. So it's like a B and B on a farm, and I I suspect there are particular standards and i think one of the standards is you have to have be fed food from the farm itself uh we got breakfast um and we were quite lucky well we were very lucky because the room was big and it had a little kitchenette thing so um it was a bit sort of b and b plus um it was the view from the apartment was breathtaking that's all i can say it was it was over the longer valley it's l-a-n-g-h-e which is the area we were in so we're in piedmont which is north uh west italy uh where the truffles are and um the piedmont valley is famous for truffles and for actually quite a few things hazelnuts and for what the wine and the famous wine is barolo which is one of the most famous wines in the world um barolo is a tiny village uh in this that we were looking over it's got to be castle in the middle of it uh we were looking over the valley with barolo village in the middle of it and it was just extraordinary and it's a unesco protected landscape uh because of the vineyards um and it's so it's incredibly green so it's not like a mediterranean um two people talking right outside the window now i don't know who they are and um well, they've got dogs there those are off again and um it was just it was just beautiful and you you could just see for i it, you couldn't really photograph it and uh you could just see for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles it was extraordinary um and then they'd also got a pool a swimming pool which they'd only opened that day i think yes in fact the day we got there was the first day of the pool being opened and the view for the pool was basically the same view across the valley it was absolutely extraordinary um, I mean, it was a tiny pool, although somebody did pointedly keep saying they swam twin, 12 lengths. I mean, honestly, you could swim. I swam a length in about four breaststrokes. It wasn't big. Um, but that was lovely, and especially when it got really hot, uh, it was nice dipping in the pool. So we were greeted by Mar. And I've got a model up now, Marissa, who was the, it was a family, husband, wife and daughter. Marissa didn't speak a word of English. 
uh, and she sat and talked with us for about half an hour when we first got there. Um, her first words are welcome, uh, do you want an aperitivo? Uh, so we sat and had a glass because they're also, um, they're not a livestock farm, they're a, they're a vineyard farm. So they have a vineyard, they grow grapes, they make wine. They have a couple of truffle dogs as well. Um, and uh, it's a lovely setup. So it's quite a big, it's quite a big place. They've got six apartments. Uh, we'd had the best apartment as far as the terrace was concerned, because not all of them have got terrace, not all the rooms. Um, and we had a lovely, anyway, I'm getting, this is so difficult talking about it. There's too much to say. So uh, Marissa sat and talked to us uh, and told us everything there was to know about the wines, the vineyards, uh, the towns, the things to see, the places to go and eat. Um, she had a, I mean, the, the pair of us understand enough Italian that we got by. Um, I understand it's Italian better than I can speak it. And, um, that was lovely. I mean, she couldn't, she could not have been more welcoming. She was just so warm. And later on, Martina, her daughter said that she'd done a, she'd done communications, uh, a communications degree and one of her essays or thesis, she called it a thesis, but it probably one of her essays she'd written on her mum because Marissa, because she was so good at communicating with people. She spoke so clearly. She was so warm with her body language and, and everything, and which I thought was the loveliest thing to do, to write, write an essay on your own mum. <laughs> um, so there was that. Uh, other people on the farm, yes, there were two truffle dogs. There was uh, various people, family working, who also appeared to live in part of the building. And there was a cockerel. Um, some of you may have seen and heard the cockerel. That was on Instagram. Uh, the cockerel basically cockereled uh, all night and most of the day. So anyone that tells you that it, they crow three times before dawn, uh, it's a load of old rubbish. It starts about three o'clock in the morning. And then they are nasty, evil things that look at you. They've got nasty, beady eyes, and they just look at you when you walk past them. Um, so that was that. So yes, there was a pool, uh, and then we had breakfasts. I mean, I have to say, I, I'm not obsessed with food. I'm interested in food. I could spend four hours talking to you about the food we ate there, the restaurants we visited. Um, I've never eaten so well in my life. The food is just extraordinary. And our breakfasts um, were basically homemade cakes. So they were, I mean, I foolishly stroke sensibly didn't have any cake for breakfast. Um, but Marissa had made tarts, cakes. Uh, there was about seven or eight different types of cheeses, which were all local. There was salamis, meats, um, which were local. Uh, on top of that, she would often cook an extra thing. So there would be like, um, uh, she would do this sort of torta frittata thing full of herbs so that, and the herbs were just all picked from the garden. Or there'd be a plate of massive tomatoes, which were just their tomatoes they picked from down, just down the lane uh, with mozzarella cheese or just whatever. There was the freshest of bread. I mean, everything was just basically straight from the land. Um, somebody managed a three-course breakfast. I've never seen them anybody eat so much cheese and sausage 
in the morning on top of cereal and then cakes yeah, that's to say and then didn't put any weight on uh, when they'd got home apparently going back to the 12 lengths apparently they'd because they've got this fancy um weighing machine thing that tells you what your body weight mass is and how much of it is muscle how much of it is fat apparently they um lost fat weight and gained muscle weight and apparently this was because of all the swimming which is just complete nonsense so um that was that so uh breakfasts were just and then i got they just thought it was hilariously funny because we always had the same coffee for breakfast but i got a pot of coffee and a pot, I was so happy, and a pot, <laughs> a pot of warmed milk, uh, a big pot of warm milk with loads and loads of froth on top. So I could just make whatever uh, ratio of milk to coffee with foam on top I wanted. I was, I was just, I drank so much coffee. Um, it was just absolutely delicious. And I, you can hear it, you probably can hear it in my voice. I'm just, those breakfasts were just, and we were sitting outside looking over the valley um, it was just amazing. So uh, that was all that. The bed was comfortable. Uh, the bath, everything was very clean. It was a lovely bathroom. Um, the village was called La Mora and it was high up. So we were on the outskirts of the village. It was about a 10 minute walk into the village. And then the village itself was on a hill. So if you went up to the piazza at the top of the hill, you got a similar view all around the surrounding areas um it was just extraordinary so it was the actual village wise it was probably although the villages were quite similar as we later discovered it was probably one of the, the prettiest in that sense um so we had two other oh there's thousands of cats uh the main one being mina who it turned out wasn't female it was male uh, mina was fat and grumpy and just arrived every single breakfast uh, and apparently just ate anything and uh, judging by the size of it I obviously did eat everything I've never seen a fat cat like Mina I mean was, she, she, he was just round all the others like scrawny little things um, so there was a couple of other families with us uh who we got to know a little bit there was a lovely italian family a lovely french family the italian family had children and a baby which of course made my heart sink so they had two toddlers and a baby uh and the french family had two young boys and honestly they were so well behaved and they were so lovely and i think the italian family just felt continually guilty that they were annoying us because the baby cried and he wasn't very well but it was you know, it was just absolutely fine i think the place was so nice they were so nice they kept giving us food <laughs> we, we got um she gave us she gave us uh and it was all from sicily the food because her parents were also with them his parents were also with them and they were from sicily and puglia so we got pistachios and cheese and um these sort of filled massive olives stuffed with small olives um all sorts of nuts she just kept giving us food anyway i think it was probably because she felt guilty about little daniela crying but he was fine and then there was um lucia and uh, elena who were three and five and absolutely hysterical uh lucia could not be more of a drama queen had she tried and her mother just said if she's like this now what's she going to be like when she's a teenager <laughs> um but they were just lovely they were so nice um 
So we wandered, yeah, we wandered around the town and we went to a restaurant on the first no, let me see. I've already hit twenty minutes, and I've um, I've run out of time. I haven't even told you the first day. I'm going to stop. I think I'll either do an extra Mr. Burt, or I will just keep going for the next few weeks, um, because there's a lot to say, quite frankly. And also, I've got to go to work this evening, so I'm going to have to stop soon. So, um, back in London, uh, it's a lot cooler. Uh, I've got to work this evening. Apparently, there's been various disasters on the show since I've been away. And um, the big thing is, thanks to... I've got to put a shout-out to the Norwegians. Uh, you'll hear more about the Norwegians uh, in another episode, because uh, I know they're listening to this. Um, the National... I think you forgot the name there. The National Treasure recommended a film called the truffle hunters which we watched last night it's on itunes and i think it's on amazon uh it's basically this absolutely stunningly beautiful film uh documentary it's only an hour and 20 minutes about the truffle hunters it was filmed where we were staying it was actually filmed in some of the bar uh, there was a one bar cafe we'd actually been in for coffee and cakes unusually and um so but it's basically there's no uh there's no voiceover it's just follows there these absolutely the camera is mostly static uh the the shots are extraordinarily beautiful they're light paintings and it's just the men is sort of based around i think three or four of the truffle hunters they're all in their 60s 70s 80s they have these bonds with their dogs uh, that you just can't believe. I mean, it's just extraordinary bonds with their dogs. The whole truffle business is so weird because these men are obviously poor. Um, their dogs find the truffles and then, you know, down the line, these truffles sell for their white truffles. They, can, they can't be farmed. They sell for hundreds of thousands of, of euros. Um, it, it's just this bizarre contrast of worlds and of course because of that there's a lot of greed and there are a lot of nasty goings on and the, and the film just the film lets the people speak for themselves it's just it's just beautiful it's i'd call it slow television it's it's slow you just you just get sucked into it and um i read that the the documentary makers said they wanted to change people's way of looking at things and i think they've absolutely achieved that it is I cannot recommend it high enough. It's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful film. So it's called The Truffle Hunters. And as I say, I think you can get it on Amazon and um, Apple stroke iTunes. Um, if you just want to watch um, something about a world so far away, the, the technological whirlwind nightmare we're all um, caught up in, of these people who just live alongside nature, um, very, very simple lives. Um, very hard lies, but um, yeah, I, I, I could go on for hours about it. It's beautiful. Please, please, just everybody, just go watch it. Uh, that's a big thank you to the National Treasure uh, for that recommendation. Um, I think uh, I'm going to stop there because I think that's enough of me waffling on, and I'll either do an extra Mr. Burt or I will uh, just carry on for the next few weeks, and you'll just have to not hear about my. Uh, exciting week uh, in London.
as they happen, as it happens. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>